Welcome to episode 96 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about oral health for your pet. And I talk about the most adorable annual election involving chubby bears. We learn about two more marine picks. And about our animal of the week, which I find to be very creepy. So let's get to it. Episode 96 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 96 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new menagerie. What of cool animals. Um, but before we get into that, and before I ask Casey I was, I apologize in advance for our weird sound uh, for this episode and also next week's episode because we're recording in a weird spot because we're doing home renovations. So... We've got bare walls all around us. Go team. Anyway, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? Getting into spooky season. Spooky season. I'm wearing my one of my newer Michael Myers shirt. Yay. And um, I went with my sister to go see Smile. I haven't even heard of that. I just really? assumed it's a movie. but It's I a don't... horror movie, yeah. Of course it's a horror movie. Well, they're all going to come out right now because... Yes. I'm have Is Halloween Ends out yet? It comes out this weekend. Because I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be seeing that. Okay. Yes, right. I am. Um... Anyway, okay, so Smile, what is that? Didn't you just go see Body Bodies Bodies last time? That was about, yeah. It was like two weeks ago or so, something like that? Okay, anyway. Um, all right, so what, Smile, how was that? I really liked it. It reminded me a lot of some of the mid-2000s horror movies, kind of like It Follows. Do you remember that one? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't. Again, I'm not a horror movie person. Oh, yeah. Like, I saw, like, the screams and, like, I know what you did last summer. Oh, so, like, just slashers? Just mostly slashers and then, um, like, I went back and watched Nightmare on Elm Street. The mm-hmm. one with, uh, what? Not Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> Johnny Depp? Totally different people. <laughs> that is Johnny Depp, right? Yeah, it's Johnny yeah, Depp. Yeah. That one I really liked. Yeah. That was really good. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I still haven't seen The Exorcist. I still haven't seen Poltergeist. What other either, ones? Either the original or the remake. Any of them. I haven't seen any of them. And I still haven't seen Halloween all the way through. I've seen bits of Halloween. But the I've never original seen one? Whole, yeah. I've never seen that. I saw... Sometimes I've gone see stuff because there's actors in it I like, but I've never watched the the like series. Yeah. No. Anyway. I know. I do, need, I do need to watch, for sure, Exorcist. It's a classic. I know. <laughs> I really need to watch that one, and I really need to watch... I don't know, Poltergeist, but a lot of people are afraid of Poltergeist. We'll see. Anyway, continue though. Sorry. But yeah, so I liked it. I wouldn't. There's whereas a lot of people online is like the scariest movie I've ever seen, and I've seen horror movie. It's not the scariest movie I've ever seen. Okay. But, but I will say I think they do overdo the jump scares in the beginning. I'm just I'm not a fan of jump scares in general. It's an art where you have to balance it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really truly. I feel like you get like three jump scares in a movie, and then yeah. I'm like I'm done. Yeah. And it did have a relatively lower budget, so the CGI near the end is not great. Oh, I'm sure it's awful. <laughs> but I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I guess also, now I'm like stuck on like, what horror movies? I feel like you're going to have to put together a list of horror movies, and I'm going to say no to most of them. Friday the 13th? Have I seen Friday the 13th? If I have, I've only seen pieces of it and not the whole movie. Okay. Um, Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, I don't want to see that one. I don't like super, super gory. 
Um, I don't intend to see that one. Oh, I saw Hills Have Eyes. Does that count? Yeah. That also, I'm not just not into the gory ones. I'm like, I'm not just, just make it like. Paranormal Activity? No, I did see Blair Witch. Okay. In theaters. I don't know why that was so popular. It's because, okay, the thing is, if you watch the Blair Witch now, it's not a terrifying movie at all. No. Uh, the thing was that was scary and made it a cult classic is the fact that people, when they went to go see it in theaters, thought it was real. Oh, well, I don't know. It was very strange to me. I yeah. was like, okay, there's like one creepy part. But yeah, that's basically what it. kind of like kicked off the like found this, footage franchise. I feel like Silence of the Lambs doesn't really count as a horror movie, does it? No. It is. That's a weird one. Oh, I saw the more but recent. But movie, movie critics don't want to because they don't want to give legitimacy to um, <laughs> horror movies. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I did see the more recent It. I've never seen the original oh, and yeah. I never will. Um, it's, okay, there's nostalgia in it, especially the Pennywise scene where he's in the sewer. Nope. I love that scene. Nope. But the, it's a, first off, it was a miniseries and it goes back and forth between the past and the present. So, eh. Oh, I haven't seen the second one. I've only seen the first one uh, of the yeah. new ones. Yeah. But I just, I don't do clowns. It was like, anyway, I was <laughs> not forced into going, but anyway. Coerced into going. Anyway, mm-hmm. I just, it was not, nope. I'm not, I'm just not into horror films, really. Uh, it's my personality. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, but I do, okay, but definitely Poltergeist and an Exorcist, probably, yeah? Yeah. Well, I probably really need to watch the first Halloween, too. I have. You seen, have to watch I the have first. seen parts of it. I just haven't seen it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever, sorry. We're in spooky season. I just, I feel extra spooky this season. I love it. Anyway, okay, well. And I actually get to decorate my house. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and the stupid spider web keeps falling down our window. <laughs> <laughs> just get a real spider to help out. I wish. Anyway, I love that thing where it's like, <laughs> knocks down spider web, spider, wow. And then puts up fake spider web, wow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> corrects me up. All right, so anyway, so it was okay, basically. Yes, it was All good. Right. All right, there you go. Well, I went to, it was a crazy day because I was going to take my friend to the animal park because he hadn't been in a while. And then um, and then the night before, he's like, oh, I also won the lottery to go see cats at Civic <laughs> So I was like, well, we can go to the park and then go home and shower. Okay, I was, I read this so wrong. Okay. <laughs> I thought you meant literal, like, cats. No, there were not <laughs> cats in the theater. That's what I thought. No, that's not how that works. Um, oh, my goodness. No, so we went to the animal park during the day, and the successful part of that was I found my freaking hat. What? Yes, I've never found them. And only because my buddy was like, no, we should go check this store. And I had kind of done a sweep, a part of the store, and I hadn't gone to this one part. I was like, yeah, you're right, I should. And then I go there, and there were only like three left. And I was like, I'm taking two. (laughs) I'm like, we're not playing this game again. So anyway, so I got my hat, and I was like, yeah, I have my hat. So again, folks, if you like something, buy two. So anyway, now I have my backup of that hat, and I'm very excited with the pretty emblem because the new one, especially on those hats, is just so ugly. Anyway, it's better on other things. I mean, I don't like it, period. But it's better on other things, but it's real bad on those hats. Anyway, so I was super excited about that. And then we went down, and we obviously went home and showered and changed. And then went down to Civic. And, um, <laughs> and first of all, I haven't been to a show there since Hamilton pre-covid and we did not have to go through metal detectors and shit when we did that and we had to go through metal detector it was like going to the airport well you don't have to take your shoes off but like (laughs) 
you had to go through metal detectors. They had to look through your entire bag. And I have so much shit in my bag. And we got to the animal park that day. So I had all kinds of shit in my bag. And I was like, oh my God, this is a mess. And I didn't know that was going to be a thing. Or I would have tried to lighten it. And then you can't bring your water in. Only you can only bring water in if it's sealed. And I'm like, you want to fucking smell yes. it to make sure it's not vodka? Because I'm not throwing. And then they don't even have a plant nearby. I remember they did that one year when I went to Horror Nights and we arrived late. They do that, yes. But they also, because they have yeah. people sneaking vodka in. Yeah. Like, very specifically, that was like, problem. I'm diabetic, and it's like, I've yeah. got the okay. I just want to be like, can you just smell this? Like, you would smell if it's vodka. Like, what, what am you I going to mis- You can't mess the smell of vodka. You cannot. I'm like, I'll open it. You can see it's freaking water. <laughs> what do you think? Like, anyway, and I was more angry, because I'm like, oh, you have to dump it out. And I was like, there's not even a plant nearby. You're making me dump water. I'm not going to dump it on the sidewalk. Like, that's just wasteful. So then I had to walk away. I'm not chugging a whole bottle of water. No, I was like, make it. Yeah, like, wee. Anyway. So then I have to walk away, lose my spot in line, go dump it on a plant, and then come back. I'm like, you need to get your shit figured out, folks. Anyway, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I get searching bags because a theater is a great spot for people to, like, shoot people, obviously, and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, really? This is you just not wanting people to smuggle alcohol in. Yeah. Anyway, so it was very annoying. I was like, uh, nice to know this has changed. Now it will change how I go to the theater if I ever go. Down there at least. Anyway, Civic, if you're not um, familiar with San Diego, is our it's our Pantages. It's our big, where all the regional shows come through. So all the Broadway shows that are on tour. <clears throat> anyway, so it was funny because I hadn't seen this show since I was like 8 or 10. <laughs> and he'd never seen it. Oh, and really? I was like, I was like mm-hmm. I'm one of the few people who actually likes Cats. And he'd seen the movie though. And I was like, I refuse to watch that. I haven't seen it either. But you know the names of the cats. You think I don't know theater? <laughs> I don't think you. Well, a lot of theater people hate cats. <laughs> so anyway, so I it learned was just, that in junior high. It was it was funny though, because anyway, so I hadn't seen it in forever. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's see what it's like. And then he'd never seen it, like I said. And then we get into it, and I'm like, look, you're not coming here for the plot. I don't know, like T.S. Eliot could not have been sober when he wrote that book of poetry, because I'm like, I don't know where this is coming from. Anyway, and also in this musical, I'm like, when they decided to turn this into a musical, I also feel like that could not have been a sober decision, (laughs) because it's just, it's so wacky. Anyway, but they definitely changed some of the choreo, and I don't like all the changes they made, because especially Mr. Mistopheles now has turned into, like, a light show with his jacket instead of, like, amazing dancing. Really? Even though the guy could dance, but still, I was just like, oh, this is frustrating. But um, for the most part, it's still okay, and it's weird. <laughs> it's weird, but I love it. The dancing's good. Anyway, so it was interesting. And a lot of people came with little cat ears. And I was like, I should have brought little cat ears. This would be a time to go to the theater where that's acceptable because you're seeing cats. Hmm. Anyway, so Were they allow it in? I know, right? Like, I could use this as a weapon. I know. And <laughs> people did have ones that were just the, like, the hollow ears. So uh-huh. You could use that to stab someone. But anyway, whatever. It was a knot. And then, of course, they were like, well, they have a water thing inside so I could fill it up. And then it's cold, and I'm like, cool, so I can't drink this until I warm it up because I can't drink cold water without my stomach getting pissed. So I'm like, so now I have no water, and I'm, like, wiping it and, like, wrapping it in my jacket and, like, trying to hold it against my body to warm it up. I'm like, this is a mess. And then the theater got cold because theaters always get cold. So I put my jacket on. My jacket's cold. I'm like, this is a disaster. Like, I need to have a good warning about those people. Anyway, so it was a whole thing, but there you go. It was an eventful day. So, moving on, not really a segue for this, but Casey, what did you want to talk about today? Pet oral health. Okay. All right. Tell us about it. So, part of it's going to be mostly on dogs because I'm going to start with toys. It's like, because 
people always hear mixed stuff on what kind of toys to or like two toys to use. Yeah. Okay. And like I found out a good rule of thumb from some vets. Mm-hmm. First, first part of the test is like take your fingernail and see if you can make an indent in the toy. If you cannot indent it with your fingernail, it's too hard and will chip your dog's teeth. Oh no. Yeah. And the second test, which is my favorite, <laughs> you take it and smack it on your kneecap. No. <laughs> That would hurt so bad. Yeah, that's how you will tell if it's too hard. <laughs> Anything smacked on your kneecap is going to hurt. Well, not like so hard where you're trying to break something, but it's like they have a good whack. I don't like this test, but okay. But anyway. yeah. And... <laughs> Rude. And of course, if you're in pain, it's too hard. Because <laughs> there's a lot of problems, especially with people that are into like raw dog food and giving their dogs raw bones. They have a lot of oral problems because they keep chipping their teeth. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that comes to the second part. It's like you should get a, your dog and cats cleaning once a year or else you're going to be stuck with a tooth extraction and on the cheap end, that's about $700. Yeah, it's not great, but uh, yeah. tooth cleaning is so scary yeah. for kitties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doggies are a little more... I mean, yeah. I guess they so always, and of course, the best... The only real way to, as preventive, for sure, is brushing your t- their teeth regularly every day. And um, so, especially if you get them as a puppy or kitten, start training them early. Yeah, definitely I would yeah. suggest that. Yeah, have treats to reward them for being a good boy or girl. Let me brush your teeth and then immediately give you candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's helpful. Yeah, and do not use human toothpaste or toothbrushes. The toothbrushes are too abrasive for a dog's teeth, and fluoride... <laughs> can be toxic weird that a toothbrush is too abrasive for dogs yeah our teeth are stronger it's it's more so like the way our teeth are like we actually chew Mm -hmm. whereas dogs kind of like break into pieces then swallow whereas we actually are used to grinding our teeth constantly um and also there are tons of treat products and even dog foods that can help with this so, when you do shopping, um, you want to look for the Veterinary Oral Health Council um, accepted seal on there. Um, and those products have been tested and um, have passed trials for whatever they are claiming they help with your dog's oral health. Do you know if most of the, I think it's Nylabone. Hmm. The I ones d- that we used to sell, if they pass that. Let's see. I'm, I can't remember if it was just foods and treats or if toys are included. Well, I mean the toothbrush, not just the toys. Sorry. Oh. You know they um, sell those, the toothbrush packs with the the different toothbrushes and like the peanut flavored toothpaste? I don't believe the Nylabone is. Okay. I don't remember if it was Nylabone, but it was whatever brand yeah. that was. But yeah, there's um, a bunch of different ones. Like, so there's like the prescription ones, like Canine TD. Um, those ones are um, VOHC approved for treating both plaque and tartar. Main difference is um, plaque is the early stages where it's more of like just a film and yellowish, whereas tartar is when it becomes calcified and becomes really tough. And that's much more difficult to get off. Mm, okay. And um, I'm going to be linking to the VOHC's website, and they have lists of all the products that have um, been tested and approved for whatever oral health claims they've made. Okay. And like I said, there's those ones. There's also over-the-counter f- 
foods like the science diet oral care um edible treats as well greenies is a very common one i really like that one yeah okay. those ones have been tested And there's also um, additives as well for, like, water that get tested for... Yeah, I've seen for, those. Yeah. So always make sure you look for the VOHC Council's accepted seal on the... VOHC. Yes. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay, good times. Mm -hmm. All right, so keep your pet's teeth clean. Ugh, Tiger Lily has never had a teeth cleaning. Yeah, my last cats, they never did either. And one, he lost a tooth. Yeah, Affie lost all of hers when she mm -hmm. was old, but yeah, technically, but also she had a heart murmur, so I never wanted to knock her out unless oh, it was yeah. needed. So I was like, I'm not knocking her out unless yeah, we have my, to knock her out. Yeah, my tortoise shell, she also had a heart murmur yeah. later in life, we found out. She had hers since she was young, so mm. I was like, she's not Aww. getting knocked out unless yeah. it's like absolutely necessary yeah. because I don't want her to, anyway, yeah. probably. And I also learned recently, I cannot remember the name of the condition, but it's a very rare oral disease in cats mm -hmm. where, like, you'll see this really dark red inflammation around their teeth. I cannot remember the name for the life of me, but if that happens, you need to go see a vet, and most likely they will tell you to extract all their teeth. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Poor babies. I know. She had no teeth at the end. Like, it's okay. She can use her wet food. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> Anyway, I should take Tyler is just such a pain mm -hmm. <sighs> going to the vet at all. She's a nightmare. So it's like, oh, my God. Anyway, but as far as I know, she doesn't have any heart murmurs or anything, so knocking her out shouldn't be as dangerous. But Yeah. Anywho. Okay, well, from oral health to physical health, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how to segue this. To something adorable. Okay, here we go. From oral health to something that will give you a reason to smile. Yay. Anyway, so my article, oh my god. First of all, I did not know this existed, and I saw some little thing about it recently, and then I saw this, this article, and I'm like, I am in love, and I feel like this should be a holiday week. Anyway, so the headline here, uh, this is an NPR article, and I will link it, obviously. It is, Your Guide to Fat Bear Week, an election where voters actually like every candidate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway this is a little bit older it was updated on the 5th of october but anyway all right so uh we're gonna skip that a little bit so um so the campaign runs for only one week and all the candidates are well grounded and devoid of hypocrisy <laughs> are these bears oh my god in fact all the candidates are enthusiastically out for themselves because they are bears after all embracing the earth sign urge to eat like there's no tomorrow and fortify themselves for winter hibernation it's so great fat bear week has officially started celebrating the hard work bears do to survive and giving all the rest of us a reason to gawk at massive animals and spawning salmon in their home and uh Katmai? Is that how we say that? You'd think I'd know this. But anyway, National Park in Alaska. So this is how Fat Bear Week works. You guys, you have to go to this article so you can see the like bracket too. It's fantastic. Okay. So the 12 brown bears are placed into a bracket where voters decide who should advance from each matchup. Voting opens each day at 12 p.m. Eastern time, running from October 5th through the 11th. So it, this ended already. Sorry, folks. Anyway, um, the contest highlights the amazing transformation bears must make after they emerge from hibernation and may hibernation emaciated and hungry from the middle of summer to the fall an average male adult can go from weighing 600 to 900 pounds to well over a thousand pounds according to cat my i hope i'm saying that right website 
Okay. So they have this little bracket, which I can't, you just have to go look at it. It's so cute. Anyway, so <laughs> um, contestants are tracked by their numbers, but veteran animals are known by names like the large male chunk or the blonde-eared female Holly, then there's 747 who doesn't need a nickname because his number and size both echo the famous jumbo jet. Oh my God. I love this so much. Anyway, this year's defending champ is Otis. He also won the first bear yep, contest I remember eight that. years ago. <laughs> anyway, it talks about how fans can follow their favorite bears and all of that anyway it's just it's amazing so it goes off to talk more about them but um anyway you just you just gotta go check it out i don't know what to tell you other than to go check it out it's pretty fantastic oh <laughs> what we have an update with you fat bear week emerges from scandal to crowning a champion emerges <laughs> <laughs> from scandal yes they have uncovered voting irregularities oh, no <laughs> this is the most amazing thing y'all you just gotta check it out it's so great anyway at the time that we're recording this uh they have not claimed the champion yet but they are down to the final four so check it out by the time this airs the champion will have been crowned although i don't know now apparently there's a scandal so (laughs) i don't know what's gonna happen with that but it's so great you gotta go check it out Mm. um i'm gonna link this also if you don't want to wait i'm sure you can just search fat bear week and they will they will let you know who the winner is but they're so cute and i hope there's gonna be more pictures (laughs) i think this one is chonk i don't know who is this oh nope his name is 128 grazer apparently Anyway, he's a little chunky thing. They're so cute, and they all look different. Look at them. Mm-hmm. Like, they're definitely distinctive bears. Anyway, so you have to go check it out. I think this is one of the happiest things I've ever read in my life. I just, it's the cutest thing. Anyway, all right. Oh, now that we're all smiling. I know there are um, some zoos that are in the more temperate regions where they yeah. have to fashion up their bears. They'll do that, too, with <laughs> bears in their collection, too. It's so amazing. That's one of the best things. Something something positive in this world. Anyway, all right. Well, moving from one thing that makes me smile into another thing that makes me smile, I guess, because I like Disney movies. And we're in the Atlantic Ocean this time, which is where Little Mermaid takes place because she's in Atlantica is the name of her home, at least in the Disney version. So anyway, I made a weird category this time, and I chose... You have to have your favorite fish. Actually, that's that's misleading. It doesn't even yeah, have to because... be a fish. Actually, your favorite <laughs> sea animal, I guess, listed in Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. And then obviously, caveat, it shouldn't just be like, you know, I'm trying to pick one that we didn't choose. A carp. <laughs> it has to be like a specific carp or whatever. So anyway. Just a fun fact, carps don't live in the sea right there was a lot of there's a thing i learned so so many of the animals listed are freshwater or do not live in the atlantic Carp, ocean trout so many so many i was like oh they're just being lazies but you know they didn't have the internet back then and yeah. you know i love howard it's probably howard ashman who wrote this one um so did the lyrics and i doubt that howard ashman was an, an avid fisher so <laughs> you'd have to know these things i mean he wasn't an ichthyologist that would have yeah fish. that's what a scientist who studies fish is an ichthyologist yes ichthyologist ichthyologist that's kind of fun yep it's a weird name for fish though ichthy means fish yep ichthy ichthy anyway okay sorry 
I want to ick thee. <laughs> How fishy. Mm. Anyway, okay. So, um, anyway, so, Casey, who was your choice? I went with the Pelagic Stingray. That is from Ray. Yes. The song. Because they're <laughs> not very specific. It is not. Anyway, okay, so tell us about the Pelagic Stingray. So, the Pelagic Stingray, their scientific name is Teroplati Tyragon. Violacea. Yes, pl- Teroplati Tyragon. Tyragon, okay. <laughs> Trigon. Violacea. This species has a circumglobal distribution and is found in all the world's tropical and temperate oceans. It is also suspected that it may have a wider range crossing across the open waters, but has yet to be confirmed there. It is estimated that this species can live to be 10 to 12 years of age. They are a moderately sized ray species that measures about a meter across. And they feed on a variety of fish species, as well as squid, sea jellies, and shrimp. One thing that makes this species unique is that it is the only species of stingray in the world that is found almost exclusively in the open ocean. Hence the name Pelagic Stingray. Pelagic, there you go. <laughs> open ocean. We learn things. They have a dark purplish coloration on the top of their bodies, which what? helps them blend in with the dark depths of the ocean below. I have to go look at this. Okay, continue. Just like coastal species of stingrays, this species also has a barb that has a pair of grooves of venom glands that run down the length of the spine on its tail. This stinger from this species is not usually fatal, but is suspected to be more potent than other stingray species and is incredibly painful. A unique characteristic of this ray is that it is common to see them feeding while upside down, and they will even use their pectoral fins to help manipulate food into their mouth. Okay. The um, pelagic stingray also has very different teeth from other stingray species. First off, both sexes have cusps on their teeth, um, meaning the teeth ends with a little sharp, stiff point. In most rays, this is only found in the males, particularly during mating season, because the males use these teeth to grasp onto the females to mate with. However, in this species, both sexes have these cusps on their teeth, and it is present throughout the year. And for the most part, um, they are lacking crushing teeth that are often found in other stingrays. This is likely due to the fact that these are pelagic rays, so there is not as much hard body prey that they will be hunting out in the open ocean, whereas those that live in shallow waters will usually hunt animals like clams and crustaceans like crabs and lobsters. It is possible that they have instead evolved these cusps on their teeth in order to grasp onto faster-moving prey that may more easily escape them. The pelagic stingray is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list. The most significant threat these rays face is the long-line fishing trade, because they are often entangled as bycatch when people put out long lines for tuna, billfish, and sharks. There are no species-specific conservation measures in place at the moment, but there needs to be more monitoring by fisheries on the discard data, um, fish that are just being tossed aside because they're bycatch, from when um, to develop better population assessments for better management. Okay. Hey, uh, hey, Casey. Yes, Allie? What kind of sunglasses do the graceful flap-flap cartilaginous fish wear? Ray-Bans. Yay! We got one. Mm. By the way, I shared my Jurassic oh my gosh. <laughs> with other people over the weekend, and they loved it. I'm, I'm so happy. It's the best. Might be my favorite joke. Anyway. All right. Well, so I chose from the uh, each little 
slug here cutting a rug here lyric i chose a sea slug and i first of all may i say sea slugs are gorgeous indeed they are <laughs> um but i tried to stick to the atlantic ocean so i chose the dotted sea slug and they're so cute all right their scientific name is peltadoris I don't know why I made that like Italian. That was weird. <laughs> Peltadoris atromaculata? I feel like that's pretty close. I'm, I feel good on that. All right. This species is primarily found in the Mediterranean Sea, like many other sea slugs, also known as nubranks. Nudibranchs. Sorry, I missed the D. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's weird. Okay. Nudibranchs, right? That's right. Okay. They are bottom dwellers and tend to prefer subtropical temperatures. It was once considered endemic to the Mediterranean Sea, but there have been observations around the Canary Islands in the Atlantic. This species does not have a long lifespan and usually lives only one year in the wild, and even in the laboratory only survive until about 15 months. It is easy to see how this species got its name due to its easily recognizable dark brown spots on its mainly white body. This is likely a form of aposematic coloration. Aposematic, yes. Aposematic, that's cooler. Uh, coloration to ward off predators with the obvious coloration being a warning sign that it is not edible. Is that like the same thing as when they're bright or is it yeah. just... Okay. Like poison dart frogs. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Uh, the dotted sea slug belongs to the family Discodoridae. Discodoridae? We're going with that. Okay. <laughs> we, have another, we have a million scientific names in here that I can't get through. Okay. This species of sea slug tend to have a more flattened profile when compared to other groups of sea slugs. Another interesting characteristic of this family is that those with a broader mantle often display an adaptation called autonomy, which is when they feel distressed. When they feel distressed like being agitated by a predator, they can detach part of their mantle. Whoa! Similar to how a lizard can drop its tail. What? That's crazy! Can land slugs do that? None that I can think of. Okay. Anyway. It's also, it's more like a mantle skirt. It's an extension of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> okay. I don't know why that made me think of, like, the old school flirting of dropping your hanky, but... <laughs> That's flirting and not. You don't know the old school flirting of drunk. It was like a total slut move. Oh, okay. You drop I, your hanky, yeah. slice, pick it up, and get it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that I learned about that in some Disney cartoon. I don't oh my. Anyway, oh. <laughs> it was like many years or someone did it. So, like many other nudibranchs, uh, the dotted sea slug is a simultaneous hermaphrodite, meaning it has both male and female reproductive organs. However, this does not mean that they want to act as both. Because when they find a mate, they will battle over who gets to be the male and who gets to be the female. Wow. Both sea slugs will lunge at each other with their penis. Wow, great. In order to get the other individual to act as the female, and the victor is the one that pierces the body wall of the other. Oh, God. That's awful. <laughs> anyway, okay. The reason that they do this is because it's much more labor-intensive to be the female. That makes sense. Because they will have to put more energy into nourishing the eggs. Once the eggs are ready, they will get deposited onto the substrate and finalize their development and eventually will hatch. In its natural environment, the dotted sea slug tends to prefer living in darker regions like in caves or in the crevices of rock, but it can be found at a range of water depths. It usually, it is usually associated with a species of sponge, huh, Petrosia ficiformis. 
going with that, which is its primary food source. On the animal's posterior, there are feather-like structures, which are actually the nudibranch's gills. On the opposite end, there are two small structures that somewhat resemble horns. These structures are known as rhinophores, and they act as the nudibranch's olfactory organs, allowing it to smell its way around. These rhinophores also have about 25 hair-like structures called lamellae. Yeah. Yes. That's correct. Go me. <laughs> which increases the rhino. So many times you put rhinophores in this. Which increases. I thought I would slip you up more. Dang it. Which increases the rhinophore's surface area, increasing its ability to detect chemical uh, chemicals being carried through the carried. Oh my gosh. Increasing its ability to detect chemicals being carried through the water. There we go. Got it. When the dotted sea slug feels frightened, it will withdraw both its gills and rhinophores in order to protect these vital organs from injury. So you did just admit you put in a bunch of stuff to try to slip me up on this one. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have improved, though. I only yes, had you did. issues with a few of them. <laughs> anyway, all right. But they're so cute. And I saw one thing when I was looking it up that they sometimes call them the cow sea slug. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. <laughs> anyway, that's what I would call them as a cow sea slug because they're so adorable. Anyway, all right. Well, that is going to bring us to our animal of the week. And again, there's not really a segue. So our animal of the week this week is... The sea spider. The sea spider. I'm sure everyone's thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) It's like me not liking sea snakes. Sea sea snakes. And other people don't like spiders. And now there's going to be a spider in the water, too. Aside from our other diving bell spider. Yep. All right, so these guys come from the order Pantopoda, and they're in the family Nymphonidae, and their scientific name is Nymphon gracile, for the species I'm highlighting today. Nymphon gracile? Yes. Okay. Sea spiders in general have a global distribution found from the Arctic down to Antarctica, but they tend to be more abundant around the poles, especially in Antarctica, which contains about 20% of the known species. Nymphon gracile is specifically found off the Atlantic coast of Europe, from Norway down to Morocco, as well as off the coasts of the UK. Regardless of where in the world they are found, they tend to live in deeper portions of the ocean. Size varies greatly between species, with some having a lake span of up to 50 centimeters, while others, like the Nymphon gracile, is a um, measly 4 millimeters. Measly. I don't have my... I realize I don't have my... <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't hear that. so sad. <laughs> But four millimeters is real small. Isn't yes. that less than a centimeter? Yes. Yeah, it's like, what, half a centimeter? Not even. Aren't there mm-hmm. 10 millimeters in a centimeter? Yep. Wow, okay, crazy. That's why metric's supposed to be easy. Everything is tens. Yes. <laughs> anyway. And But the smallest sea spires only get to be around just a millimeter. That's worse. <laughs> now there's like, it's, it makes me think of that video where like they crush the spider river and then a bunch of babies go out. Now you've got a bunch of those around you. They're like krill, but little spiders. Okay, continue on. They tend to be sexually dimorphic, and females are usually larger than the males. Sea spiders are predators, and depending on the species, feed on a variety of prey items, such as sponges, mollusks, or cnidarians, like um, sea jellies. Okay, I was like, I forgot what the cnidarians are. (laughs) I know we've talked about them, but okay. The name sea spider is a misnomer, as they are not true spiders. Oh, God, here we go again. (laughs) They get this name because they superficially resemble spiders, mainly due to the fact that they uh, both usually have four pairs of legs. As you may remember, when we talked about the amblypigids, true spiders come from the order Araneae. Who is an amblypigid? 
The whip spider. Okay, okay, okay. I'm like, you can't say that. No one knows. <laughs> Normal people do not know what that means. Okay, there we go. Cool. The whip spider. Continue on. Yes. However, these guys are even more distantly related than the Embly Pidgeots are because spiders and Embly Pidgeots are both in the class Arachnida, which of course are the Arachnids. Sea spiders, on the other hand, belong to an entirely different class called Pycnogonidae. Okay. Which is completely made up of sea spiders. Um... And because of their class name, sea spiders are sometimes called pycnogonids. It just sounds like you're saying pycno spiders. <laughs> like pycno whatever's following yep. here. We don't like you. Yep. Continue on. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, the class um, name pycnogonida um, comes from the pycnogonum, which is the genus of sea spiders that is used as a reference for the group. And the name pycnogonum, which comes from Greek words pycno meaning dense and goni meaning knee, so it translates to dense knees. <laughs> Wizard. <laughs> Along with having their own class of animals, the sea spires all belong to a single order, Pentopoda, which translates to all legs due to the fact that most of their body is composed of their long legs. What? It's like a day long legs? But yeah. Okay. Oh, they're a little cuter now. <laughs> the trunk of their body is so small in some species that their internal organs extend into the legs, including parts of their intestines. What? That's weird. <laughs> yep. And in some species, it may even extend to the very end of the legs. <laughs> Crazy. This incredibly small body also means that they don't ha have a need for a respiratory system and instead get all their oxygen they need through simple diffusion. There are over 1,300 species of sea spiders that have been described, and even though they are not true spiders, they are still related. The sea spiders are a member of the group of animals known as chelicerates, and the unifying characteristic of these animals is that they have chelicera, which are these feeding mouth parts that kind of look like jaws. Is that like what the predatory sponge had? Who no. are chelicerates? Who chelicerates are... includes um, the arachnids, so spiders, scorpions, okay. amblypagids as well as um, horseshoe crabs. Okay, I was like, I thought we had someone who was aquatic who had this. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, cool. Yes. <laughs> He's gotten lost. I found it. Okay. <laughs> Spiders do have these, but they have been modified into fangs. And even though they are both chelicerates, they're not necessarily closely related. Instead, the sea spiders are more closely related to the horseshoe crabs, which are their distant cousins. The sea spiders are a more ancient lineage, and scientists have discovered fossils of their larvae that date back to 500 million years ago. Wow. <laughs> Over those hundred million years, sea spiders have evolved a vast array of adaptations that set them apart from their spider relatives. They have modified parts that are shaped like a tube and is called a proboscis. Like a mosquito, it will use its proboscis like a straw to extract the nutrients from its prey. There's usually a large difference in size between the sea spider and its prey, so the animal usually survives. So kind of like mosquitoes. Yes. Take it off something much bigger. Okay. Mm -hmm. This has been observed by the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute when they saw giant sea spiders hunting pom-pom anemones. Of course, the anemones look very wilted after this. How big are the giant sea spiders? About 50 centimeters. Oh, that's much bigger. Yeah. Oh, so that I wouldn't want to see. That I would not yeah, want to see. Yeah, 20 to 50 centimeters they get to be about. No thanks. <laughs> That's over a foot, right? Because isn't yeah. it like, I think it's like 20, no, I don't remember. And like 30 something I think is like a foot. Yep. Anyway. Um, 
Ugh, no, not a fan of that at all. I was just thinking something, and I don't remember what it was. That's upsetting. <laughs> Had to do with spiders, obviously. <laughs> so, nope. <laughs> gone, gone. I was like, what, what do they, no, it has something to do with them eating the animals. They Like, what kind of animals do they usually eat then? Just anything? Usually, like, Not like anything. I said, nidarians. So, things like oh. sea anemones, sometimes sea jellies, but usually anemones, corals, right. stuff I like that. I remember my question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can they pass diseases? Like, mosquitoes pass diseases then? No. Okay, that's cool, at least. Yeah. Yeah, there's not really a... You don't have very many parasites, um, like, um, equivalent to, say, something like malaria in the ocean. Okay. Yeah. Usually they're free-swimming, and they don't really require vectors. Uh. <laughs> they're self-sufficient. Yeah. Well... Right. <laughs> they don't need someone to help them out. Yeah. They take care of themselves. There you go. Yeah, and also with the density, the density of um, animals in the ocean being so low, it'd be very hard okay. <laughs> for them to transmit themselves that way. Okay. All right. <laughs> so. um, this hunting strategy has led some scientists to calling these sea spiders sectorial predators. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, as I mentioned earlier, they usually have four sets of legs, but some species have only three pairs. Along with these main legs for locomotions, they have a pair of claws and overgers. Overgers are like modified legs. I love that reaction. No. <laughs> Not a fan. I honestly think this is a giant one. I just don't like. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. Continue. So overgers are like modified legs, which they use for grooming themselves as well as for carrying their eggs. Speaking of reproduction, mating is also very bizarre in this species because, again, it's all in the leg because they will mate with one another by using genital pores that are located on their legs. The males get on top of the females and align their pores with those on the females, and then the female release her eggs and the male will release his sperm. Then the male will pick up the eggs with his overtures and carry them around until they hatch. So they're doing like this kind of a thing mm -hmm. without the gripping? Yeah, it's just more like... Laying on top of each other. This is how we mate. Yeah. That'd be hilarious if that's how people are just like, hello. <laughs> anyway, okay. that's that, that entertains me, I will say. Uh, another unique thing about the ceasefires is that they display polar gigantism, meaning those species around the poles tend to be much larger. It was thought that these species might be negatively affected by climate change because it was thought their large size was needed for their survival in the polar regions. But some studies have found that they may actually do just fine um, because when they were doing exhaustion tests, the larger spiders performed just as well as the smaller sea spiders of the same species. It's also thought that this may be due to the fact that they get more holy as they get larger. Uh, the more holes or pores they have, the more oxygen they are allowed to get into their body. Weird. <laughs> In terms of conservation of specific species of sea spiders, not much is known, but some sea spiders do live on the sandy floor of deep sea, and these regions can take a long time to recover from certain fishing techniques like trawling. Cool. Okay. I had to go back to the stingray picture. I <laughs> you couldn't handle I, the I couldn't sea leave spider? It up. I like them. I couldn't leave it up. I was thinking something cute like a daddy long leg, <laughs> and it's not cute like a daddy long legs. I'm not They're a fan. They're cute when you look at the right one. 
you find one that's cute and I'll tell well, you. Well, my definition of cute's different. Oh, God. Anyway, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. Okay, but they have these pores all over them. Mm -hmm. So how do they know which pores to line up to have sex? Does it matter? Well, that's something that's driven by evolution where they will just innately, it will innately ex select for getting that behavior right every time. And also, those are specific pores, not like there's different pores for reproduction right, and okay. there's different pores for... So their reproductive pores are always like in the same location. Yeah. So they know. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh boy. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I just imagine a spider going around like, why can't I get pregnant? And they're using the wrong pores. Anyway, okay. Oh, weird stuff. Okay, I just, I can't. That, that creeped me out more than I thought it was going to. That picture, I was not a fan of it. <laughs> Those pictures, I should say. One of them was creepier than the other ones, too. And I don't, I'm not a fan of any of them. Anyway. Okay, well, that's it for the sea spider. So much for our adorable things leading up to, not adorable, but cute things leading up to that. That's not as cute. <laughs> I feel like that should be a villain in... <laughs> In some children's animated movie. Forget sharks. Oh, my God. That's scarier to me. Anyway, okay. Huh. Spiders also shouldn't be swimming. <laughs> Snakes and spiders don't belong in the water. Okay. Anyway, all right. So that is going to bring us to our challenge, and it was Casey's turn to choose. Yes. So what are we doing today? We're going back to our naming theme. Okay. But it's because it's the spoopy season. Spooky. We're going with the heebie-jeebie animals. Well, what if we just say that an animal is creepies? What if it's not? Are we doing? We're just naming creepy animals. Or are we doing like alphabetic? Yeah, yeah, naming creepy. Just animals. in general. Yeah. But what if I just said like a rhino creeps me out? That's the caveat because I remember something I want to call okay. someone out. Is like this is traditionally considered scary animals, so not like the chickens for the ornithophobes, like your friend. She loves chickens. I thought you had a friend that was no, terrified of friends, birds. The, I have a couple friends who are terrified of birds. Then I have another friend. Did I tell you about my... I think I said it on the podcast. Her favorite animal is a chicken. Yeah, I remember that yes, friend. No, she's not afraid of them. No, I do have multiple friends who are afraid of birds. Yeah. I have to say, I appreciate birds so much more since this podcast. <laughs> Yesterday, I went to Costco and outside... I'm assuming it was a starling because it's like the one in the main aviary, that first mm -hmm. aviary at the park that's so gorgeous. And it has to be native bird, obviously, but it had this like kind of purple tint to it. I was like, you're so cool. <laughs> and then there was another bird layer. I hadn't seen that one before ever in the wild. And I hadn't seen this other one that had like kind of a yellow breast, but it was mostly black, but it was not, I don't know. Anyway, mm -hmm. I just like birds more now. Right. I have to figure out what that starling was because it was so pretty. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I got sidetracked. Okay. So creepy things. Well, because I feel like people are creeped out by like crows and stuff. <laughs> okay. This is going to be weird. All right. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's if see you're see. afraid of crows... I mean, Seek I'm not, help. but I'm just saying a lot of people <laughs> <Sorry>. are. <laughs> I did tell you right about that. I don't know if I said it on the podcast. I'm sorry if I did. But it was it was like a, a challenging thing, and it was like depluralize a movie. So it was like, you know, I, I don't know why I can't think of that, but like ant instead of ants, right, or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One person, I love this person so much. And they were like, crow on the Orient Express. Because a murder of crows is a group of crows. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God, you're a genius. Anyway, okay. Mm. Here we go. Let's see. This is going to be loud. I'm sorry. I have a chunky dice. This is one of my big metal guys. I love them. It's me. I'm first. All right. That's a 10. Because I'm a perfect 10. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm just going to name a shit ton of snakes. Let's be real. Right. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't really freaking that fine. Whatever you know what I mean. Okay, got the timer? Yes. Okay. Green anaconda. <laughs> uh, tiger centipede. Oh, gone. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Amazonian giant centipede. Was that switch giant Amazonian yeah. centipede? Yeah. Uh, Death Stalker Scorpion. I don't like that. Oh, that one thing you talked about, Tarantula Hawk. <laughs> Ugh, tarantula don't hawk. like it. Um. Oh yeah, Great White Shark. Banded Sea Crate. Oh, that's good. Oh, <laughs> Stonyfish. Stonefish. Stonefish. Um, I feel like just a lot of sharks are, but I also like yeah. sharks, but also I don't necessarily want to be in the water with them. I do. <laughs> okay, weirdo. <laughs> Um, I, I embrace it. I really do want to see a tiger shark, but I just know that they're kind of scary, too. I'm going to say a tiger shark. I want to try something else. Okay. Oh, wolves. Oh, that's not very nice. I mean, they, I wouldn't want Look to Look like how people do. I wouldn't want to be talking about But then I can say, like, a grizzly bear, because I, yeah. I don't want to meet that in the wild. I want to be grizzly food. <laughs> so grizzly. Okay. What? I'm a grizzly bear. Okay, I just wanted to confirm. No, that's what I said. Um. Oh, cottonmouth. Okay, cockroach. Cockroach. Even he said it, you. Like German cockroaches are the scum of the earth. Wow. I'm sorry. Rude. Mm. I can't believe we found a bug that you just said ew about. Yeah. Brown recluse. Okay. Uh, fine. We'll stick in that in ground, and we'll go with a black widow. Oh, poor widows. <laughs> Um, Gaboon Viper. Oh, God, no. Um, I like them, but also they, I don't want to step on them. A rattle, we'll have to be specific. The Western Diamondback Rattlesnake. All right. Um, a lionfish. Okay. Oh, just because you get stabbed, I guess? Mm-hmm. Um, They're venomous. Uh, I don't know if I want to say that one or that, so we'll go with a reticulated python. Ah. Coral snake. I don't know. I guess we can just name snakes because people yeah. find them creepy. Um, but I like a lot of them. Um, I may have not thought this through well. <laughs> I know. We can just say so many things that people are generally afraid of, but we like them. Um, I'm not a fan of scorpions. I'll say, I guess, an emperor scorpion. I use that one. <laughs> Yay. Rest in peace. Aw. Um, this should not be as hard as I'm making No, it. this should be very easy. Oh, cougar. Okay. Um... <laughs> I, I guess you don't want to be in the wild, I guess. Yeah. Um, where was I going with this? I had things. A uh, huntsman spider. Uh, that's good. I don't want to run into that. <gasps> okay. Um, a cone snail. A king cobra. Way too long. Too long a snake. Too long. A <laughs> uh, black mamba. Okay. Too fast. <laughs> too fast. Can't do it. Um... <laughs> I love, but then, like, I love gopher snakes, too. You know, it's like, oh, it depends on the snake. If you can kill me, I guess it's a problem. My sister got bit a gopher snake on camping. Oh, well, it would just hurt. It wouldn't hurt you. Yeah. It wouldn't, and you know what I mean. Uh, I don't hate them, but rats. Yeah, vermin. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rude. They carry everything. Okay, well. I'm trying to make sure I don't repeat something. Oh, uh. Oh, bull shark. <laughs> Just going with sharks now. I couldn't remember. Uh, what I vampire mean. bat, is that a thing? Yes, it is. Okay. They're not scary. Well, I'm trying to make it like Halloween themed. 
Hmm. Now I'm trying to do... Trying to do what? Make it Halloween-y? Yeah. Um, mosquitoes. Honestly. Scariest animal of the world. Um... <laughs> What is the one at the zoo that my friend is horrified of? The or golden orb weavers? Oh, the orb weavers? Yeah. yeah, those are golden orb weavers. Yeah, I'll go with that. It's really big. They're harmless. But they are creepy looking because yeah. they're so big. Mm -hmm. Oh, toe biters. Oh, those are the things I saw the like article for that they go after in the water. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say a, what is that? A saltwater crocodile? The one that Seaverwin used to go after. Yeah, those are salties. Let's say saltwater crocodile. Did we say stingray? No. Okay, stingray. You were just thinking Seaverwin and what killed him. Is that how you made that transition? <laughs> Great, lovely. Love that so much. Um, so. I feel like a polar bear because if I saw that in real life, I would, I would pee. Yeah. Oh. Is that the timer <laughs> end? It's a party. <laughs> party. Oh my goodness. And we transition from Halloween to Christmas with the polar bear. <laughs> anyway. All right. How do we not say geese? Oh, my. Because those are mean bastards. <laughs> yeah. They are. And swans, too, honestly. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. More well. so swans. And swans are just really mean. But geese are. Those are. They are mean. <laughs> swans are beautiful, at least. And graceful. No offense, geese. But, like, you're just. You're mean. They're mean animals. <laughs> all right well there we go that was our challenge uh kind of odd but you know we did it i didn't think it through. <laughs> yeah i mean i would have i feel like all centipedes and millipedes i'd be like i don't mm. it's not a i'm not cool with it it's not a great thing um anyway all right well that brings us to the end of episode 96 thank you all for listening as always we're your host Allie and casey and we will catch you on the next episode of the animal addicts podcast